This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. <laughs> Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We're calling on your help to make your listening experience the best imaginable. All you need to do is take a short survey. Visit acast.com slash research. That's A-C-A-S-T dot com slash research. Your opinion matters. To the podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. Uh, this is Andrew, and I'm here today with my amazing co host, Spring. Are we co hosts? I- Do we need a better word than that? I mean, like, we're friends, and we are co-producers and co-hosts and co-creators. Uh, do you know what? I love co-creator, because we are constantly co-creating this podcast, and that is so special and amazing. Let's, okay. let's call So, it. hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Life. I'm here with my co-creator, Spring. Hi. Hey. <laughs> uh, let's see. And, um... What's been going on in our lives? Let's see, it's, it's right after the new year, so hopefully everyone is happy and safe. What else is going on? Well, you were just telling me last night that you were taking your dog on a date, and I have been dying to hear more about that. So I want this space right here for you to be to tell me about your dog's dating life. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, I have the only dog in the world that Spring likes because my dog is awesome. She's little and cute and sweet and friendly and cuddly. Um, But uh, I'm going away for about 10 days uh, coming up, and her dog sitter, her normal dog sitter that she normally goes to is unavailable. Uh, Mm. So um, I work with other people who love dogs, but my dog has special needs. Like, she has to sleep in bed under the covers with you. And um, so yesterday she had a play date with my friend Diego and his dog Bina and his two cats. And I don't know their names because they're cats. (laughs) I don't really care about them. Um, And it was incredibly successful. So we all had dinner and the dogs played and they ran in the yard together. And then they ignored each other for the rest of the night, which I think is probably the best thing that can happen on a doggy date. Like a human date, right? Like, uh, not really that interested. Okay, bye. Pull out your phone. Yeah, it's right here right now. Um, So yeah, my doggy went on a date and it was it was it was nice. And I got to hang out with a friend and and uh, yeah, super cute. It was it was good. Um, Anything special going on with you? Um, I, can I say this? I have a date tonight with somebody that I've had a crush on for like 16 years. Uh, I know, you told me about this yesterday. This story is awesome. How did you meet this person? I'm like terrified to actually say this out loud or on a podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's exciting. I know them from Penn State. Like I know them from another life a million years ago. Um, so I'm like blushing and I'm super excited to get to go on a date with this person tonight. (laughs) Yay. Oh, so my dog went on a date. Spring is going on the date. The whole world is going on a date. Um, 
and actually i have it uh my date is something i have a date tonight too but i'm going to see star wars Ooh. star trek star wars? Star wars? is there a new star wars out I- oh we're gonna lose I- listeners we should <laughs> Okay, Um, so we have a a question that comes up all the time today. We're just going to get jump right in. Um, And it's something that came came up in my email recently. Um, But the question that we we hear is, um, why do we need more letters or what did the letters LGBTQIP2SAA mean? Okay, so we're going to need to break this down a bit. Kind of the original acronym uh, we kind of started with was LGBT. We added Q. uh, Sometimes we add QQIA. Uh, So there's a lot of versions of LGBT as kind of the base language here. And, um, yeah, I don't even know what this, this really long one you just said. Can you say it again? The one that I saw most recently was LGBT. So that's lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgendered. Then two Qs which is queer and questioning. And then there's I, which is mm-hmm. intersex. And then there's P, which is pansexual. And then there's two S, which is two-spirited. And then there's two A's at the end. And one is a, a, asexual and mm, ally. Yes. Okay. So how many? Oof. That's four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten. That's a 12... Uh, I can't character because there's I can't even say yeah there's a number 12 in there character too, right? uh, abbreviation which is not much of an abbreviation right um, so it is very long and there are a lot of things included and so one of the things we want to talk about is why why do we need to have all those letters do we need to have all those letters what's happening here and why why does it keep expanding so I mean for me when I look at it if I was a young person and I was coming out today, like coming out all over again, I would probably use some different words and different letters to describe who I am. Because I think over time, especially younger people have gotten better at describing who they are in terms of how they feel about gender, who they are in terms of attraction, who they are in terms of legacy and history of it all. Um, So I think in some ways, it's kind of cool that you can have all of these letters to describe exactly who you are, who you're attracted to, who you're not attracted to, what you feel like, whether you're a man or a woman, or you don't subscribe to any of that, if you're attracted to all of it or none of it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. So we definitely want people to be able to um, express themselves, but do we need all those letters? And so I'm I'm gonna like think about it from both sides as well. Um, LGBTQ. When we added that first Q, we in the broad sense that Q is for queer, and queer is supposed to kind of encompass most things that are not what we would say are like the default standard that we assume. Right. So. So doing. So why do we need all of these other things if we have a cue that kind of encompasses all of those things? Well, and I know a lot of people just like saying queer overall, like queer people, queer associations, queer groups, queer issues, whatever it is. Um, And I think it's one of those words that has been partially reclaimed. Um, It started out as like a negative word that you would call someone a pejorative word. Um, And over time, it's become more positive and a word that people who are non-heterosexual, non-straight, non-cisgendered would use to describe themselves. But um, overall in society, I think there's still a lot of problems where it makes people quite uncomfortable. The Q word 
is uncomfortable makes people uncomfortable um I mean, it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Not, no word <laughs> makes me uncomfortable. That's probably a different problem for a different podcast. Um, but I mean, I think that queer is nice as a big umbrella term. But I think a lot of people, because there's some stigma against the word queer, probably don't want to use that word to identify themselves. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I think that people, a lot of people don't still don't identify with that word um, because of the history of the word. And I think there has been this large push to reclaim it. And in a lot of ways we have, and a lot of people do identify with that word now. Um, So I do agree that in a sense, it's nice to have other letters and numbers (laughs) included to expand upon that. Um, let's actually kind of define, I think, each of these words a little bit more for people. Um, so we have lesbian, I'm not going to do the first ones, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer. Um, let's go with these last ones. So, so questioning, what do we mean by questioning? So typically someone who's questioning hasn't come up with, or they're in the process of determining what their either gender identity or what their sexual orientation are. Right. So they think they might be straight. They think they might be gay. They think they might be pan, whatever it is. They're just in that process of investigating how they feel and moving forward, um, trying to come up with a more firm grasp on what their identities are. So that's what the cue is. And why is it important for us to include questioning in this? Right. Well, I mean, oh, that's a that's a big question. Um, Uh, I mean, it's it's important because uh, somebody uh, who is questioning does not fit discreetly into a category like lesbian or gay or straight, right? Mm -hmm. So they're kind of in between all of these categories and it broadens that umbrella. Um, So someone who's questioning may end up not being queer at the end of whatever their journey is as well. So even that cue, that that big umbrella term doesn't necessarily help that person um, come up with an identity as well. Mm And I think people could be questioning their whole lives, too. There's a lot of people um, who are questioning over their entire lifespans what their sexual orientation and gender orientations are. Something that we see, there's a lot of trans women who don't start their transition until much later in life. That's a someone who was born with male genitalia and their biomarker at birth was male, who over time become, or, or their gender they accept their gender as being female. Is that a way? Um, but that doesn't happen sometimes until people are in their 30s or 40s or even 50s or 60s. And uh, so someone who's questioning, it kind of opens it up so that they have that entire lifespan to figure it out. And too. we know that gender and sexual orientation are fluid and that they can change over someone's lifetime as well. So even if somebody did strongly identify as a male, as in your example earlier in life, that it could be that they totally felt male at some point in their lives and then do not feel that way in the future. And that's fine as well. It doesn't have to be like someone finally realized it or finally accepted it. It can change. And there are a lot of um, societal factors, um, environmental factors, psychological factors, all of these things as we explore ourselves through our own interactions, experiences, and through the space and time that we live in that can actually affect how we feel about that. 
Well, right, exactly. Like, like I said at the very beginning, if I had to come out again today, I would probably use different words. And that's because I'm still questioning my identities and my gender and all of those kind of things. So, right, I think that Q is really nice because while I am queer, I am also questioning. <laughs> right. And I think that's why it's important that it's in there. Um, yeah. What about the next? I, I just oh, want to say, I think we should all identify as questioning forever because that means that we're actually very in touch with ourselves and exploring ourselves. So let's let's push for that. Let's all be questioning. <laughs> oh, so get rid of the whole rest of the XYZ <laughs> yeah, alphabet yeah, and just, just Q. one Q. Yeah. <laughs> Not queer, just questioning. Yeah. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> next time someone asks me, I'm like, I'm questioning. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Uh, the next letter is I. So um, the I is for intersex, and why is that important for uh, us to have inside this very long acronym? So people that are intersex uh, could experience uh, several different um, conditions uh, that are linked to genetics that um, are causing them to have different expressions of gender in some way and different experiences of their gender. And uh, different experiences and expressions of sex as mm -hmm. well. Um, like people who are intersex often don't neatly fall into what we would see, say, biologically male or biologically female. They could have a penis and a vagina or an ovary and a testy or any mix of those or none or, of them. Right. right. So, and they could have uh, extra hormones or not enough of not. I'm going to say air quotes, not enough of hormones uh, that are causing how their body is to develop in different ways. And there's an umbrella term for kind of all of these conditions called intersex. Um, and intersex people, um, I have a student that did a lot of research in this area. And intersex people traditionally have felt very unincluded from the LGBTQ uh, abbreviation and have always kind of felt left out and haven't felt like they've had a space in queer spaces or in medical spaces or in most of the world. And so I think uh, the intersex, the I, is so important because uh, there's not a lot of awareness about these uh, conditions, about people experiencing uh, different variations of intersex. And I think we do need to bring awareness to that and have people understand that that is also a normal variation of somebody. Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, the place where it comes up most frequently when I talk to people is uh, right after someone is born, um, when they're not neatly male or neatly female, uh, that there's all kinds of crazy conversations and unnecessary surgeries. And uh, overall, we see that uh, intersex people, as they grow up, when these surgeries are performed on them, the, the things that they say are things like, well, why didn't you love me enough for who I was, those kind of things. So I think having the eye helps us have that ongoing conversation and can shed some light on uh, that sex is really a lot more broad than male and female. There's a lot more that actually can go on. And some of the different kinds of uh, intersex is like one out of 500 live births or one out of 1,000. So it's a lot more common um, than, uh, than we typically would see, right? or we don't see it at all. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Great. So I'm going to say, Andrew, tell us what pansexual is. P. 
Yeah. So someone who identifies as pansexual uh, does not restrict themselves in terms of uh, partner selection or dating um, by gender or sex. So they don't have any restrictions at all there. Um, so they're really open to all of these other letters and beyond. That's, pre- that's, yeah, that's pretty. Like, uh, did I miss any? You, you, right. They don't miss anything. I like pansexual because uh, it's it's a very inclusive term, right? So somebody that identifies as pansexual is uh, more open, maybe, to uh, different types of people and different types of experiences. Um, I love that. Um, and someone who's pansexual can be happy with just one person, right? They don't need to be out there having... Just like bisexual, yeah. Right, just like someone who's bisexual. So that might not be true for them as well, but um, there's a lot of stigma against kind of the pansexual. People are afraid that they're going to be um, sleeping with tons of people, that they could never be happy with just one person. And that's not what being pansexual means. It just means that you're open to all different kinds of experiences and peoples and genders and sexual orientations and sexes. It's a big one. All the things. Yeah. All of the things. <laughs> Celebrate all of them. Okay. Uh, so the next uh, set on this big... Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. Um, it's two letters, or it's a number and... It's, it's a number hard. and a letter. Two characters. It's 2S. <laughs> two 2S. S. Yeah. So 2S is twin-spirited or two-spirited. Uh, do you want to talk about it? Should sure. I talk about it? Well, that's one that um, when I first saw this, um, I had to look up. I didn't know what two-spirited was. Um, and two-spirited refers to somebody who has both masculine and feminine spirits. And it's kind of a word that we've derived from First Nations people. Um, and I also really like that. It's a more kind of umbrella, modern um broader term as well to describe people that kind of have this third gender or gender variant role uh we've called that in the past right so uh there's all these different cultures around the world and even in the united states a lot of the uh, first peoples or american indian um cultures had male and female and then they had a third category as well and that's what two-spirited people that's what it's talking about twin-spirited two-spirited people um that you know they recognized that the world was a lot more complex and they kind of opened the door for people to be able to express themselves as this third sex or third gender Mm -hmm. so that's where two-spirited comes from and so i mean we could think of of that also as fitting, I mean, that is very similar to some of the other words that we've talked about as well, but again, has a different history, and history of all of these terms is actually very important, just like we talked about with queer, as you know how it has been used as a negative term in the past, and some people don't identify with it. So having um, different terms and having different um, histories of terms is also important, I think, to include them. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, okay. So we have two more letters left. And then I have a question for you about all of these letters. Um, so we have asexual, mm-hmm. right? So someone who is asexual uh, is typically not interested in pursuing sex directly with other people. So I talked about this yesterday with a whole bunch of people. And I'm like, okay, so most people have this thing that I call the lizard brain, where like it's the thing that activates where it's like, yeah, I want that, or I want to be there, or I'm into this person, I really want to get with them. <laughs> get with i like that get get with bonk whatever word you want to use um 
But uh, most of the time, asexuals describe themselves as not having that kind of drive. Uh, they still might love romance. They still might fall deeply in love and have romantic relationships with people. They might enjoy orgasms even, right? Uh, some of them actually talk about, uh, some people who identify as asexual talk about orgasm, like they're natural bodily functions that make them want to have an orgasm is annoying. Like they have to do this thing just to get rid of the, rid of the, it's a flip for most people, but um, it's a legitimate sexual orientation. Uh, and, or if someone doesn't have a sexual orientation, no, it's a legitimate sexual orientation, sexual, sexual identity, maybe Yeah, that's probably a better word for it. Um, but asexual people have long-term happy relationships, romantic relationships. They can like to cuddle. They can like to touch and hug. Um, it's just typically they're not, they don't have that push that internal biological drive to go have sex with other people yeah and why is that important to have in our list of letters <laughs> right because um, it's a group that's almost completely ignored and completely overlooked right and and they are certainly not that typical cisgendered heterosexual person right so it opens up space for somebody who doesn't exist in that the sort of assumed default that cisgender cisgender means that you identify as your biological sex and gender they're all aligned like i was born a male i feel like a male um and heterosexual uh but it opens up a space for them to be part of this conversation this huge umbrella term um great yeah. and our last a is allies and i think everyone is an ally i hope everyone is an ally and allies are people that visibly verbally publicly support all the other letters and numbers we <laughs> talked about here today. And yeah. I have a super happy ally story. Can I tell it? Yeah. Okay. So uh, in June, I went with my friend and my partner to gay days at Disney World. Um, and I thought it was going to be a whole bunch of like drinking, partying gays, doing drinking, partying gay things in Disney World. And there was a, a, some of that going on. It was fun. Um, but the, there were two other elements that came out. One was there are a lot of gay people with kids who are there enjoying Disney with more support. Um, and then the last group really just gave me great hope and joy. And I was totally thrilled to see it. They were parents with their kids and the parents were allies uh, who were dressing with the rainbows and the flags with their kids, uh, just doing normal things. But the parents and their kids were there in Disney's parks, just total allies everywhere. And it was one of the, like, it just made me feel great. It was good to see gay people around and great to see gay parents with their kids around. But I think for me, the best part was seeing like, wow, we have so much support in these communities that these families are coming to Disney World on these special days um, to be supportive of LGBTQIP2SAA peoples. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a, an ally thing I want to promote as well. Um, Andrew and I, along with one of our other friends and colleagues, uh, Anthony, who is on our prep episode, um, we wrote an article last year about um, visibly and verbally uh, standing up to challenge hate-driven violence. And we started a hashtag, which is hashtag WeChallengeHate. And I want to promote that here as well as one of those things that you can do every day. Uh, use that hashtag to talk about how you challenge hate-driven violence every day in your life, how you stand up for uh, the LGBTQQ, IP2SAA people all around you. Okay. That, I mean, that's great. We challenge hate, and you, I work on challenging hate every single day. Um, there's all kinds of things I could talk about on campus that I'm working on right now, but not today. We'll get to it another episode. Um, okay. So this is a mouthful. There are, these are a lot of letters, 
And as we add more letters, does it start to exclude people would be my other question. Do we need all of these letters? Because what happens if we have, we already have 12 letters, perhaps even more. Um, does that start to exclude people who don't fit neatly into any of those categories? What do you think? Is it too much? I mean, I think we'll always have people on either side. We'll always have people saying, oh, it's too many. And we'll always have people saying, oh, it's not enough. Um, and I think... It is super important for everyone to have awareness and have their identities be uh, visible. And I love that. Um, also, if I'm writing it, I don't want to write all of those letters all the time. So, or say them all <laughs> because it's a mouthful. So I, I agree with both sides. I think, um, I think we can use shorter versions of it sometimes and we can use longer versions of it sometimes uh, depending on our context and how many, uh, syllables we want to say. <laughs> yes. I like QQ, except QQ is the, like if someone types QQ in uppercase, if you're playing any kind of video game, it means like they're laughing and crying, like they're crying at you or you're whining. So I don't know why. But yeah, that's what, that's what, so if anyone ever says QQ to you, it means wah, wah. Like kind of, anyway. So queer questioning, is that enough? No, I Right. It's a lot to type and it's a lot to say, um, but I think it's important that people see it and we're actually able to have a conversation that includes all of these different people, because I think all of our identities need to be affirmed. Yeah. Great. Yeah. I think we're to the period. OK, so um, Happy New Year's, everybody. And our period today is um, we want to know what your uh, New Year's sex resolutions are. <laughs> sex resolutions. Sex resolutions. I know what mine is. Okay. I'm going to go second this time. So, so Spring, what is your New Year's sex resolution? So I had a really hard time coming up with this. Um, and so this is kind of personal and scary to say, but um, I think that... I think everybody does this to some sense, but um, I want to only have sex or any type of sexual interaction when I really, really want it. And sometimes I do things that other partners want to do even when I don't want to. And and I think it's okay to compromise, you know, within relationships. Um, but... I think sometimes uh, I do that too much and I want to really always be super excited for any type of interaction I have with another person. That is an awesome New Year's sex resolution. And I'll ask you questions about it later. See how it's going. <laughs> you need accountability buddies. No. Um, so mine um, is uh, I am going to take a much more visible stand whenever I see any kind of sexual harassment against women anywhere. I already take a pretty big stand. Like if I see someone wolf whistle or cat call on campus uh, here at the University of Miami, I go up to them and explain to them why they should not be doing that, how it's inappropriate. But I'm going to be more visible. I'm going to be working on it. I'm going to be uh, just making sure that pretty much every single day of this year, I'm going to have 365 days of directly challenging uh, all kinds of sexual harassment and sexual assault. So that's mine for the year. Guys, I know you couldn't see me, but I had my hands in the air the whole time for that because I was so excited. And, and... I think that's so amazing. And I think I'm going to do that one too. 
<laughs> I have a little journal where I write stuff down every day, and I'm going to write down what I did every day too. So I'll have a big collection, and then I'm going to share it with people. Like these are things that I did, little things that only take 30 seconds or a minute in a day that make the world a better place. So yes. I, yeah. So I love that. That's my plan. I almost just cried also. It's amazing. I have tears okay. in my eyes too. Okay. Uh, so uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We're, we're just about done. If you have any questions, feel free to send them to us or call us. Um, you can send How us can your How can they find us? You can find us everywhere. If you just type the sex rap on the internet, we pop up like a thousand <laughs> times. But um, you can send us uh, questions to our email account at thesexrap at gmail.com. That's rap with W. You can call us at 413-I-RAP-IT. Once again, it's uh, 413-497-2748. And then you can find us on all of your social media um, at The Sex Wrap. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And we'd love to hear from you. Love to talk to you. Thanks, guys. See you later. Bye. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomer. A Sonic Universe. This is Kelly Clarkson. If you love awesome music, then you also have a soft spot for TV's number one singing competition, The Voice. This season, it'll be bigger and better than ever with Adam Blake, Jennifer Hudson, and the reigning champ, moi. I've won The Voice six times. There is life beyond Blake. I want to be a cowboy. I can do all that too. Your turn, Blake. (laughs) Watch Team Kelly on The Voice. Not to brag, but I am the returning champ. Followed by the premiere of Manifest, tonight on NBC.